Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Friday, the 22nd of April. Happy Friday. You made it through a four-day week for a lot of you. And to reward you, we're giving you another long weekend. Zara, today in The Deep Dive, we're going to talk through the unfolding drama with the Solomon Islands, one of our closest neighbors. But first, take us to the capital of the country and tell us what's been happening. The ACT government has followed closely in the footsteps of the Victorian and New South Wales governments, announcing eased restrictions for close contacts of COVID cases. So in line with what we heard yesterday, at 11.59pm next Tuesday, the 26th of April, close contacts will no longer be required to isolate. But there are some caveats with the ACT Health Minister, Rachel Stephen-Smith, emphasising that any close contact with symptoms is still required to isolate. Meanwhile, to Europe now, and Russia has tested a Sarmat intercontinental ballistic missile, which is capable of carrying a nuclear weapon. Footage released on state-run Russian TV depicts the missile being tested at a facility in northern Russia, with President Vladimir Putin saying the test should, quote, provide food for thought for those who try to threaten our country. Wimbledon's All England Tennis Club has announced it'll ban Russian and Belarusian players from competing at this year's tournament, which begins on the 27th of June. The All England Club said the decision was made to help limit Russia's global influence through the strongest means possible. And your Friday good news, Prince Mavendra Singh Golil, India's first openly gay royal, has launched a national campaign to ban conversion therapy in the country. The prince had previously turned 15 acres of his palace grounds into a shelter for vulnerable members of the LGBTIQ plus community. Over the past couple of days and indeed weeks, while the nation's attention has been fixated on domestic politics, on debates, on the upcoming federal election, there has been a situation brewing overseas. And that is something that is happening in Solomon Islands. Take me through what is happening from the very beginning and why during the middle of a federal election campaign, we had a minister from the Morrison government heading overseas. It's pretty remarkable that a small Pacific nation has become one of the big topics of the election, at least this week. We don't know what is in store for us next week, but a lot of people in the opposition would say that they saw this coming. However, it seems that the government did not. This story is all about a security agreement Solomon Islands signed with China. So we first found out about this a few weeks ago when a draft of the agreement was leaked and notably it was the first time the Australian government had heard about it. Minister for the Pacific, Zed Seselja, confirmed that the announcement was unexpected. Now that agreement has been signed, but we still don't know what exactly is in it. The big question that all Australian politicians and security experts are thinking about is whether the agreement will allow China to establish a military base in Solomon Islands. Now, we have heard from the Prime Minister of Solomon Islands, who said that he has no intention whatsoever of allowing that. Instead, he says the agreement is just about Solomon Islands acting in its best interests and that it wants to, quote, be a friend to all and enemy to none. He says there's no plans for Solomon Islands to pick sides and the existing security agreement that Solomon Islands has with Australia is still going to stand. That agreement is protected, even though they have now entered into another agreement with China. China says this exact point. They say it's just normal engagement between two sovereign countries, that there's nothing particularly remarkable about this security agreement, and that the intention behind the agreement is peaceful and not directed at any other country. 
Okay, so why is that significant for Australia? Why, as we mentioned at the top, is Zed Seselja heading over there? Why is it coming up in leadership debates? Talk me through that. The most obvious reason here is undoubtedly geography. Solomon Islands is a couple of thousand kilometers northeast of Australia off the north near Darwin. So a Chinese military presence is a security risk for Australia, especially in the event of a military escalation between China and the West. You have to remember the Pacific Islands are a very important strategic place for Australia to have interests and for other Western allies. The Pacific region lies geographically between China and Australia and also between China and the US, China and Japan. So all of those countries consider their relationships with these tiny Pacific nations very important and they've been worried about China's growing presence in the region. Scott Morrison said this was, quote, no surprise, but you mentioned that Australia didn't know about the agreement until a draft was leaked mere weeks ago. Did Australia see this coming? And I guess as a follow-up, could it have done more in this space? There's really no doubt that it was a surprise. We had known China was growing its presence in the Pacific as a kind of umbrella strategic long-term goal, but this escalation wasn't expected to happen now. And the foreign minister and the Pacific minister have both expressed that surprise. But if we zoom out a little bit, the warning signs have been there in Solomon Islands. The opposition leader was warning Australian diplomats quite a while ago about this. And last year, there was a major turning point when Solomon Islands diplomatically recognised China. So before that, Solomon Islands was one of the few countries in the world that recognised Taiwan, a country which claims independence, but which China views as part of China, and it didn't recognise China. That switched, and it has caused riots and unrest in Solomon Islands, and Solomon Islands accepted offers from both Australian and Chinese troops and police to help quell these riots, so there were signs of China's growing involvement in the country. To your question of whether more could have been done, the key thing to remember, of course, is that Solomon Islands is its own country. It has sovereignty. It can do what it wants. Australia can't make us do anything or demand anything from it. And the Australian government statements have been super careful to recognise this in its language. But there are people arguing, including those now in the Labor Party, that we didn't do enough to maintain this strong relationship with Solomon Islands. And we let things get to a point where they felt they needed China's help. Here is Shadow Foreign Minister Penny Wong talking about this. This is the worst foreign policy blunder that we've seen in the Pacific since World War II. And despite Mr Morrison's tough talk on his watch, uh, our region has become less secure and the risks Australia faces have become greater. Casting an eye domestically again, how is this coming up in debates in the lead up to the election? I feel like it's becoming kind of a, a symbol for the strength that both Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese want to convey to voters that they have with their foreign policy, particularly in relation to China. It's kind of like the media and the general public needed a focal point to have this discussion about China's growing influence in the region through. But it's also involving topics like our foreign aid obligations in the Pacific and, and topics that kind of capture the foreign policy zeitgeist of, of right now. Obviously, the other big topic in foreign policy is Ukraine, Russia, and the changing shape of Europe. But for us here in Australia, it seems that China presents a more relevant geographical threat. So that's why I think this topic has real cut through in terms of the frequency of both leaders being asked about it. 
It's certainly a developing issue and one that both the government and the opposition would be keeping a keen eye on. We will be sure to update you on anything we hear on this as the weeks go on. But in the meantime, to catch up on the day's news, follow us over on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where over 350,000 Aussies get their news every day and we'd love to have you as part of that community.